Record 17 of We by Evgeny Simyatin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Through glass, I died. The corridor. I am puzzled. Yesterday, at the very moment when I thought everything was untangled and that all the X's were at last found, new unknowns appeared in my equation. The origin of the coordinates of the whole story is, of course, the ancient home. From the center, the axes of all the X's, Y's, and Z's radiate and recently they have entered into the formation of my whole life i walked along the x-axis avenue fifty nine towards the centre the whirlwind of yesterday still raged within me houses and people upside down my own hands torturingly foreign to me glimmering scissors the sharp sound of drops dripping from the faucet all this existed once all these things were revolving wildly tearing my flesh rotating wildly beneath the molten surface there where the soul is located in order to follow the instructions of the doctor, I chose a row which followed not by the hypotenuse, but the two legs of a triangle. Soon I reached the road running along the green wall. From beyond the wall, from the infinite ocean of green, there rose toward me an immense wave of roots, branches, flowers, leaves. It rose higher and higher. It seemed as though it would splash over me, and that from a man, from the finest and most precise mechanism which I am, I would be transformed into... But fortunately, there was the green wall between me and that wild green sea. Oh, how great and divinely limiting is the wisdom of walls and bars. This green wall is, I think, the greatest invention ever conceived. Man ceased to be a wild animal the day he built the first wall. Man ceased to be a wild man only on the day when the green wall was completed, when by this wall we isolated our machine-like, perfect world from the irrational, ugly world of trees, birds, and beasts. The blunt snout of some unknown beast was to be seen dimly through the glass of the wall. Its yellow eyes kept repeating the same thought, which remained incomprehensible to me. We looked into each other's eyes for a long while. Eyes are shafts which lead from the superficial world into a world which is beneath the surface. A thought awoke in me. What if that yellow-eyed one, sitting there on that absurd dirty heap of leaves, is happier than I in his life which cannot be calculated in figures? I waved my hand. The yellow eyes twinkled moved back and disappeared in the foliage. What a pitiful being! How absurd the idea that he might be happier, happier than I he may be, but I am an exception, am I not? I am sick. I noticed that I was approaching the dark red walls of the ancient house, and I saw the grown-together lips of the old woman. I ran to her with all speed. Is she here? The grown-together lips opened slowly. Who is she? Who? I-330, of course. You remember, we came together, she and I, in an arrow the other day? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Ray wrinkles around the lips, artful rays radiating from the eyes. They were making their way deeper and deeper into me. Well, she is here, all right. Came in a while ago. Here? I noticed at the feet of the old woman a bush of silver, bitter wormwood. The court of the ancient house, being a part of the museum, is carefully kept in its prehistoric state. A branch of the bush touched the old woman. She caressed that branch. Upon her knees lay stripes of sunshine. For a second, I myself, the sun, the old woman, the wormwood, those yellow eyes, all seemed to be one. We were firmly united by common veins, and one common blood, boisterous, magnificent blood, was running through those veins. I am ashamed now to write down all this, but I promise to be frank to the end of these records. Yes, I bent over and kissed that soft, grown-together mouth of the old woman. She wiped it with her hand and laughed. Running, I passed through familiar half-dark echoing rooms. 
and for some reason i ran straight to the bedroom when i had reached the door a thought flashed and if she is there not alone i stopped and listened but all i heard was the tick-tock of my heart not within me but somewhere near outside me i entered the large bed untouched a mirror another mirror in the door of the cupboard and in the keyhole an ancient key upon an ancient ring no one was there i called softly i three three zero are you here and then in a still lower voice with closed eyes holding my breath in a voice as though i were kneeling before her i dear silence only the water was dripping fast into the white basin of the washstand i cannot now explain why but i disliked that sound i turned the faucet hard and went out she was not there so much was clear she must be in another apartment i ran down a wide sombre stairway pulled one door another a third locked every room was locked save that of our apartment and she was not there i went back again to the same apartment without knowing why i walked slowly with difficulty my shoe soles suddenly became as heavy as cast iron i remember distinctly my thought it is a mistake that the force of gravity is a constant consequently all my formula suddenly an explosion a door slammed down below someone stamped quickly over the flagstones i again became light-footed extremely light i dashed to the railing to bend over and in one word one exclamation expressed everything you i became cold below in the square of the window frame flapping its pink wing ears the head of s passed by like lightning i saw only the naked conclusion without any premises i don't recall any premises even now the conclusion he must not see me here and on the tips of my toes pressing myself against the wall i sneaked upstairs into the unlocked apartment i stopped for a second at the door he was stamping upward here if only the door i prayed to the door but it was a wooden one it squeaked it squealed like a wind something red passed my eyes something green and the yellow buddha in front of the mirror door of the cupboard my pale face my ears still following these steps my lips now he was already passing the green and yellow now he was passing buddha now at the door sill of the bedroom i grasped the key of the cupboard the ring oscillated this oscillation reminded me of something again a conclusion a naked conclusion without premises a conclusion or to be more exact a fragment of one now i three three zero is i brusquely opened the cupboard and went inside in the darkness shut the door firmly one step the floor shook under my feet slowly and softly i floated somewhere downward my eyes were dimmed i died later when i sat down to describe all these adventures i sought in my memory and consulted some books and now i understand of course i was in a state of temporary death the state was known to the ancients but as far as i am informed it is unknown to us i have no conception of how long i was dead probably not longer than five or ten seconds but after a while i arose from the dead and opened my eyes it was dark but i felt i was falling down 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 i stretched out my hand to attach myself to something but the rough wall scratched my fingers it was running away from me upward i felt blood on my fingers it was clear that all this was not merely a play of my sick imagination but what was it what i heard my own frequent trembling breaths i am not ashamed to confess this it was all unexpected and incomprehensible a minute two three passed i was still going down then a soft bump the thing that had been falling away from under my feet was motionless i found in the darkness a knob and turned it a door opened there was a dim light i now noticed how behind me a square platform travelling upward i tried to run back to it but it was too late 
I am cut off here, I thought. Where here might be, I did not know. A corridor, a heavy silence. The small lamps on the vaulted ceiling resembled an endless twinkling dotted line. The corridor was similar to the tube of our underground railways, but it was much narrower and made not of our glass, but of some other very ancient material. For a moment, I thought of the underground caves where they say many tried to save themselves during the 200 years war. There was nothing to do but to walk ahead. I walked, I think for about 20 minutes. It turned to the right. The corridor became wider. The small lamps brighter. There was a dim droning somewhere. Was it a machine or voices? I did not know. I stood before a heavy, opaque door, from behind which came the noise. I knocked. Then I knocked again, louder. Now there was silence behind the door. Something clanked. The door opened slowly and heavily. I don't know which of us was the more dumbfounded. The thin, blade-like doctor stood before me. You hear? His scissors opened and remained open. And I, as if I did not know a human word, stood silent, merely stared, without comprehending that he was talking to me. He must have told me to leave, for with his thin paper stomach he slowly pressed me to the side, to the more brightly lighted end of the corridor, and poked me in the back. Beg your pardon, I wanted, I thought that she, I-330, but behind me. Stay where you are, said the doctor brusquely, and he disappeared. At last, at last she was nearby, here, and what did it matter where here was? I saw the familiar saffron yellow silk, the smile bite, the eyes with their curtains drawn. My lips quivered. So did my hands and knees, and I had the most stupid thought. Vibrations make sounds. Shivering must make a sound. Why then don't I hear it? Her eyes opened for me widely. I entered into them. I could not. Any longer. Where have you been? Why? I was unable to tear my eyes away from her for a second, and I talked as if in a delirium, fast and incoherently. Or perhaps I only thought without speaking out. A shadow behind me. I died. And from the cupboard. Because that doctor of yours speaks with his scissors, I have a soul, incurable, and I must walk. An incurable soul? My poor boy, I-330 laughed. She covered me with the sparkles of her laughter. My delirium left me. Everywhere around her little laughs were sparkling. How good it was. The doctor reappeared from around the turn. The wonderful, magnificent, thinnest doctor. Well, he was already beside her. Oh, nothing, nothing. I shall tell you later. He got here by accident. Tell them that I shall be back in about a quarter of an hour. The doctor slid around the corner. She lingered. The door closed with a heavy thud. Then slowly, very slowly, piercing my heart with a sharp, sweet needle, I-330 pressed against me with her shoulder, and then with her arm, with her whole body, and we walked away as if fused into one. I do not remember now where we turned into darkness. In the darkness we walked up some endless stairway in silence. I did not see, but I knew. I knew that she walked as I did, with closed eyes, blind, her head thrown a little backward, biting her lips and listening to the music, that is to say, to my almost audible tremor. I returned to consciousness in one of the innumerable nooks in the courtyard of the ancient house. There was a fence of earth with naked stone ribs and yellow teeth of walls half fallen to pieces. She opened her eyes and said, day after tomorrow at sixteen. She was gone. Did all this really happen? I do not know. I shall learn day after tomorrow. One real sign remains. On my right hand, the skin has been rubbed from the tips of three fingers. But today, on the integral, the second builder assured me that he saw me touching the polishing wheel with those very same fingers. Perhaps I did. It is quite probable. I don't know. I don't know anything. End of Record 17